thankful I am for the leadership uh, that Marco and Charlie specifically have had on me. Um, just thinking about on Tuesday nights, that started with, I think it was me and another friend and Charlie before there was even chairs in that other venue, and we were just praying together. And now to see what it is with all the other young uh, guys and girls that are just growing in that, um, and just the opportunity that Marco's given me to express my gift that he saw in me and uh, just let me um, speak and, and preach even, like that was the craziest thing. Um, but that, I don't think that would have happened anywhere else in the country. Um, <laughs> but I'm just extremely thankful for his leadership and discipleship. And uh, yeah, I just wanted to say that. Anyone else? Okay. Well, Sam, you can come preach whenever you need to. Don't worry about it. You've been the previous season. I know they're going to walk into an inheritance that is bigger than they could ever imagine. Because what you're seeing here is faithfulness. You know, and so we honor them. We love you guys. We, we also, as much as this is a gift for you, you guys have been a gift to us. And so we just want to honor you as a family. The doors of Hope Rock Church will always be open. Your legacy here will always be remembered. And we will love you regardless of where you go and how far you may be. We will call you back and say, hey, come and say hello. Come hang out. But you can come here anytime. In fact, Jeremy actually took offices in this building. So, you know, it's pretty close. He's pretty close to me still. So it's pretty good. Can I ask all the deacons or anybody that's friends, family, if you guys could stand up here now. We want to lay hands on you. We want, yeah, stand on, stand on there. I think it'll be easier than getting everyone on the stage. Um, we want to bless you. We want to pray you out. Uh, we want to send you into the commission that God has for this family. And we do that by the laying of hands. Um, just a sheer, you know, amount of uh, sort of relationships that you have here is testament to the fact that you guys have led that you have for him lord is going to be bright for the kingdom lord that you are going to help him walk into areas of new experiences new dominion lord where he's going to take ground for the king and the kingdom i pray a blessing over him and a protection i pray for an anointing lord that would even grow in him i pray for gray i pray for sam i pray for blake i pray for ella as you lead them into the future that they're going into that you would protect these children that you'd keep your hand on them that they would continue lord to be the influencers that they are for the king and for the kingdom holy spirit be with them i lift up ashley to you i thank you for the giftings you've placed in her just the amazing qualities that she has their administrative skills and i know lord they are going to be used to advance your kingdom and so we pray greater blessing and greater anointing on her to lead this family lord into the new areas that you have for them enlarge the place of their habitation lord i pray that you'd stretch their 10 pegs further than they could ever imagine and that the people that they would, would influence would literally be in the thousands and I pray this today in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. It's on Christmas, but we just wanted to give this gift just to say thank you. I mean, there really is nothing we can give you guys uh, to just say thank you, but we just, we just wanted to honor you in this process. Love you guys. Amen. So one, one last piece of family news. Um, this was a celebration. Unfortunately, the next piece of news is, is not really a celebration. This week in the life of our church, which is actually not that big, as you can tell, we were shocked to learn that we lost one of our faithful saints. Uh, so Ryan Sims went to be with the Lord this week. Uh, he obviously survived by his wife, his son, Sebastian, Audrey, as well as Ava. There's another family that's part of our church too. Uh, ben and his wife, Karina, are also part of our church. They're all grieving. And I just wanted to put it out there. If you could be praying for this family, they need our love, our support. If you do know them, you're welcome to reach out to them and send your prayers towards them. Uh, but let's just keep them in our prayers this week as they go through this difficult time. Uh, and let's love on them. That's what community is all about. And that's what the kingdom is all about. Amen. My name is uh, Mark, and I'm one of the, the pastors here at Hope Rock Church. 
And there's a little bit of uh, family uh, business I have to take care of uh, right now for our guests with us today. I apologize, we're going to delay the message for just a a few minutes here. Uh, Sometimes you have to deal with family matters when the family gathers, and Sunday morning is that time. Now, what I want to address concerns me. Uh, You know, some of you have been spreading rumors that I'm making a list. It's a serious business. And while some of you are saying I'm making a list, others of you are saying I'm checking, say that I'm trying to find out who's naughty and who's nice. Please. And for the record, I do not know when you're sleeping. I'm not creeping around at night to see if you're awake either. (sighs) I don't know if you've been bad. I don't know if you've been good. But hear me as your pastor. If you have been bad, please be good for goodness sake. (laughs) Obviously, I'm not Santa. I don't know where that chatter is coming from. Santa Claus is coming to town. This clause, pen intended, pun intended, is future tense. Santa is not here yet. So far in our Advent series, <laughs> we've been uh, uh, discussing the coming of Christ Jesus, and we've so far covered prophecy and faith. And today we're going to cover the topic of peace. Finding peace and remaining in it, in this chaotic and turbulent world, is extremely difficult, isn't it? This morning, we're going to take a look at where true peace comes and how we can remain in that peaceful state and how the persistent and lasting peace that we all long for, it's, it's, it's in our DNA, God put this in our heart, is found only in King Jesus Let me uh, open this up with prayer, and uh, let me share with you some thoughts that the Lord put on my heart for you this week. Lord Jesus, I uh, I ask for your servant here at the podium. I pray, God, that lives would be changed, we'd be encouraged, we'd ultimately live our lives uh, under the banner of peace, the Prince of Peace, for his fame and for his glory. I pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's revisit a portion of our primary teaching teaching text for this series. It's found in Isaiah 9, chapter 9, verse 6. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Prince of Peace, one of the prophetic names given to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the Son of the Godhead, given the, 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 the strife of our experience here in life. But Jesus is all-powerful. He's God. 
And he can influence and does influence human history. And he is the manifestation of peace. But here on earth, how do we reconcile this tension between the Prince of Peace who claims to be peace, to bring peace, to give us peacefulness? How do we reconcile that in light of lack of physical safety that we experience, death, murder, pain, suffering, political harmony? How do we reconcile the the King of Kings, the Prince of Peace, the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, how do we reconcile that with the turmoil that we experience today in politics? How do we reconcile the peace that Christ claims to be able to give and embody peaceful, easy feelings? But all those aspects of peace don't necessarily reflect the kind of peace God is most concerned about. In Matthew 10, verse 34, this is what the Prince of Peace says, which also seems to be at odds with who he claims to be. Do not think, this is Jesus speaking, do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. In other words, do not think that I came to put wrapping paper and a bow on this mess called humanity or to make this world a better place to live. He brought a sword to kill the hostility, the battle that rages here on earth between heaven and hell, between righteousness and evil here on earth. Genesis 3.15, Jesus said, or God said at the time, that he will put enmity. There will be a battle between the offspring of the devil and of the offspring of Eve. And yes, devil, though you will nip at the heels of my offspring, my people, I'm going to crush your head. And he crushed the head of Satan at Calvary's cross. Ephesians 2, 13 through 16. I love how God speaks clearly and in unison. This morning we prayed around this passage. Marco brought a word. Thankfully, he didn't preach my entire message during the time of praying. He danced around my message, but it certainly adds a whole lot of value and clarity around what I'm trying to empower and might and authority from heaven. He came to exercise his authority in a real way that we as believers benefit from his authority, both here on earth and seated at the right hand of the Father. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were far off, in context, this would be the Gentiles. These are those who are not God's chosen people. These are the people that have uh, no inkling as to how God demands to be worshipped or the sacraments and the sacrifices required to remain in the presence or to approach a holy God. They're on the outside looking in. And in a sense, there's some of you here this morning who have been on the outside looking in. You you see others participating in their faith, others worshiping a God they can't see, and you're looking outside, from the outside looking in, wondering how you can maybe be a part of this. How can you participate? How can you enjoy what your friends... This is our peace. If you remember nothing from my message, take that home with you. 
Jesus himself is our peace. Who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility. This isn't just between the Gentiles and the Jews. but This is between heaven and hell. Between the lost and the saved. Between righteousness and unrighteousness. He destroyed the dividing wall of hostility. He made a way for us to be reconciled to God. How did he do it? By abolishing the law of the commandments expressed in ordinances, that he might create himself one new man. We might call that a born-again believer, a new creation in Christ. In place of the two, so making peace, and might reconcile us both to God in one body. That's the church. Everlasting is what Jesus Christ did for us. Where there is hostility, there is no peace. That's why we have nations warring against nations. It's hostile. There's hostility. There's enmity. There is strife. There is fighting. There is discord. Where there is hostility, there is no peace. Here in America, we're looking for peace through the Hallmark Channel, through Christmas songs, through presents. You will not find peace in any of that. For he himself is our peace. That is to say, he is not just the one who makes peace between us. He himself is the source of peace. And am I doing that? My, my first thought was, you know, our, our primary pastor here, primary preacher, Marco, is it, is, is it, is it that? Is it, is it? This is odd. Is this, is this on? Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm not going to wear this, though. Okay. Messed up the beard. <laughs> okay, well. Um, keep going, Mark. Keep going. I'm right here with you. This is the replay of last week. <laughs> if you weren't here last week, watch the tape. We, it's, it's deja vu all over again. Uh, so I... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to suggest that that's the enemy trying to sabotage God's word here because he knows we're about ready to take back some ground from him. Where there is hostility, there is no peace. They, they cannot coincide. That's what Jesus came for. For he himself is our peace. That is to say, he is not just the one who makes peace between animosity and hostility no longer separate us from each other and from God. We are all united in Christ. This is how the Lord is our peace. Isaiah 53, 5 says this, but he, Jesus, was pierced because of our rebellion, crushed because of our iniquity, punished or punishment for our peace was on him. That's not fair, is it? And we are healed by his wounds. One more verse that speaks to that, Romans 5.1. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So I'm going to suggest to you this morning that persistent and lasting peace of mind comes from being at peace with God. Through faith in his son Jesus, who came with his sword to crush the enemy, 
and to establish a way for us to be in right relationship with the Father. Peace with God carries over, or it should carry over, to all other aspects of our life for the believer. It's these areas of life that most of us look to worldly means of finding peace or serenity. I love that word, serenity. Can I just find that place of serenity? Here's what the experts have to say in achieving inner peace. This isn't all the advice, but this is what I found on the internet. And if you trust the internet, well, if it's on the internet, it must be true, right? Here's, here's how the world says you can find peace. Peace of mind, serenity. Thinking like I could put on my NPR voice right now. You know. Live in the moment. This is how you achieve peace. Let go of bias and expectations. It never turns out the way you think it's going to anyway, so just let it go. Don't worry. Be happy. <laughs> Have pride. Be content. Be optimistic. If you're without peace, just put on a smile. It'll all be better. Be pleasant to others. See the beauty in everyone and everything. That's what the experts say we should do to find peace, to achieve peace of mind. I don't know about you, but I, I've tried all these in the past and they don't work. If they work, it's only just for a short while and then something goes. Jesus was about to go to Calvary's cross. This is what he said regarding peace, the kind of peace he brings. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, not as the world gives, not that list. Amen. That's not how Jesus brings peace or gives peace. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. A person who knows they are near death like Jesus was in that moment before he went to Calvary's cross, they'll often make a will. They'll often appoint their, their most treasured possessions to their loved ones. Jesus was doing the exact same thing here, I believe. He did not give away tangible items, gold, silver, incense, myrrh at the time. Instead, he gave something that money could not buy. And that he, we were reconciled to God through the cross of Christ. And that through faith in Jesus, this peace would be realized in a very tangible way, in our very core of our being through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. The comforter, the counselor is what two of the names are of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, I'm going to suggest to us this morning that persistent and lasting peace of mind comes from the indwelling Holy Spirit. Christ's sacrifice provides more for us than eternal peace. It also allows us to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit the helper who promises to guide us. Further, the Holy Spirit manifests himself in us, empowering us to live in ways we could not possibly live on our own, including loving and being joyful and having peace. If you don't, are you with me? 
This love, joy, and peace are all results of the Holy Spirit. It's not this new age mumbo jumbo. It's not reflecting on Christmas past. Though I do that. It drives my wife crazy. She wants contemporary uh, Christmas music. I'm like, Alexa, play classic Christmas music. That's all I want to listen to. It just, it just beckons and harkens a, a, a period of my life where, oh, this is why I don't like microphones. When I get animated, I've got to, be, I've got to remember to do this. <laughs> I'm going to suggest this morning, and I think scripture supports this idea. Number three, persistent and lasting peace of mind comes from being at peace with your past. This is important, extremely important for a lot of us here, myself included, in God's sight. But when we play those tapes over and over again, it usually sucks the very life out of us, right? We feel less than, we feel worthless. I'm an addict, or I was an addict, therefore I'm still an addict. I'm an adulterer, I was an adulterer, I'm a liar, I'm a cheat, I did this, I did that. That's not who we are in Christ. Reconciling your past in light of scripture, in light of the Holy Spirit and his truth that he is bringing awareness to in our lives. Trusting what God says about us will bring peace regarding your past. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this. And if you're experiencing emotional and psychological, uh, you know, disappointments, uh, you can't seem to enjoy today because of what happened yesterday, what you did yesterday. Look at this. This is for the believers. If you're not faith, his life becomes our life. He is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Once you come to grips with the fact that you are no longer who you were when you did such a thing, you will experience the peace of God. And let me suggest to you today, we serve a faithful God. And Jesus, knowing what he knew about you, still went to the cross. While we were yet sinners, he died for us, the scriptures tell us. Even though he knew who you were, and what you would do in your life, he still went to the cross and died just for you. And so even if you're a believer and you make a mistake, that still does not define who you are because you cannot nullify who you are in Christ. Scriptures tell us once you are a believer, your old life is dead and buried and you are raised to newness of life. Never faith. And by trusting the word of God, you can reconcile that with the Prince of Peace who came to bring you peace. And that will manifest itself in peace of mind for you. So let me suggest to you also that not only is persistent and lasting peace of mind that comes from being at peace with God through the indwelling Holy Spirit, it, 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 persistent and lasting peace of mind also comes through uh, being at peace with your past. It also comes from being at peace with your present circumstances. It's important to remember that peace doesn't necessarily mean an easy journey or peace that is free from sorrow, sickness, pain. 
When Jesus promised peace, he didn't mean it was going to be easy. Jesus never said life would be easy. The only promise he made was that he would be with us every step of the way. He did warn us that life would have his difficulties. Look at John 16, 33, if you'd like, and tribulations, James 1, 2. But he also promised that if we asked for it, we would receive the peace of God, which passes all understanding. It surpasses all understanding. This is crazy peace. No matter how tough the situation may be, we can trust in the power of God. We can trust in his love to bring us a sense of peace that isn't dependent on our circumstances or our own strength. This is what Jesus said in Matthew 28. He didn't say, I am with you only in the morning and then you're on your own the rest of the day. He didn't say, only, I'm only with you when you're at church. I'm only with you when you're being good. He didn't say, I'm only with you during your lunch hour or when you say grace over dinner at night. For the believer, this is the promise that Christ made. I am with you always. If that doesn't give you peace of mind in the midst of your circumstances today, I don't know what would. Meditate on that. Believe it. Trust it. Philippians 4, 6 through 7 says this. Don't worry about anything. I'm a worrier. I wish I was a warrior more than a worrier. That would make a bumper sticker, wouldn't it? I tend to worry by nature. I'm a thinker. I might happen tomorrow. I'm a worrier. I struggle with this all the time, but Jesus is saying through his word, don't worry about anything. This is Paul speaking, but you know, Paul is being carried away by the Holy Spirit as he's writing this down. So this is, this is coming from our king who's making intercession on our behalf at the right hand of the Father in heaven and the Holy Spirit and all this is working together and Paul's writing this out. These are the very words of God coming through Paul's penmanship. Don't worry about anything, but in everything, through prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, Peace that does not square up with the facts. Will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Everlasting, persistent peace. Persistent peace despite the circumstances. Despite if it makes sense or not can be your fifth and final point I want to make this morning. This persistent and lasting peace of mind comes from being at peace with your future. You are secure in Christ. The same one who said, I am with you always meant it. Even on your deathbed, he is with you. In your best times, he is with you. When you're lonely, when you're afraid, when you're happy, he is with you. Regardless of what may come, and it may catch you off guard, like it did for some this week, it won't catch the Lord by surprise. The prophet Isaiah, speaking the very oracles of God, said this in Isaiah 4, 41.10. You must not fear. It's almost a command. You must not fear. 
for I am with you. I will take hold of you with the right hand of my salvation. Peace of mind comes knowing that your, your future is secure. The picture here is regardless of your fear, regardless of your weakness, whether you're, you're, you seem to be losing your faith in God because of the circumstances that are surrounding you, we can, we, can, we can hang on and believe this truth for the believer. This is absolutely positively true. Despite what we're going through, what our future might look like, I will take hold of you with my right hand of salvation. I will not let you go. That's power and authority exercised from the, the, the throne of Christ. Knowing that, knowing that, that your, your future is secure in the hands of God is, is guaranteed to bring. Isaiah was a prophet. And to be a prophet means he went and spoke the very words that God put on his heart to a people. What Isaiah was speaking to the, the Israelites back then, he's speaking to us now. The same God that looked over Israel is looking over his church. He says this, the result of righteousness will be peace with God. That's my parenthesis. The result of righteousness will be peace. Righteousness is only achieved through placing your faith in the righteous one. His righteousness is impugned to us. In other words, it's transferred to our account. Going to church does not make you righteous. Paying your taxes on time does not make you righteous. Giving your wife the perfect Christmas present does not make you righteous, though she might think you are. Not Jesus makes you righteous. The result of righteousness will be peace with God. That's me saying that. That's the ultimate peace that God is concerned about. Reconciling the hostility between his creation and himself. Because we messed up and we continue to mess up. The effect of righteousness, the effect of your new birth, your new creation in Christ is this. You will be quiet and confident forever. The effect of righteousness will be quiet confidence forever. In other words, peace of mind forever. The Lord gave me this. Uh, peace is positional, not conditional. In other words, peace is positional. It's found in Christ who is positioned in the heavenlies. And our position in Christ brings peace. This peace that Jesus brings is not conditional on peace that surpasses all understanding. It's not conditional on circumstances. It's not conditional on everything lining up just right in your life. This peace can be yours today by placing your faith in the Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ. The man's gonna lead us in a song. Uh, I'm gonna ask anybody that wants to experience the peace of Christ this season, and, and you would like me or one of the elders or the deacons that are in the room to pray for you, just make your way up here. Perhaps you don't know this Jesus that I, I speak of. You don't know the Prince of Peace personally. It all starts there. In fact, it starts and ends there. I encourage you to come up here and let me pray.
pray for you that you might, their lives are in turmoil. They're hurting, they're confused. They have no peace. It's chaotic. Perhaps you can come up and, and share that with us and we can together pray for that family or that person that they might experience this peace that I speak of. Remember, peace is found in the person of Jesus Christ. It's not found in this Christmas being better than last. It's not found in, you know what, when the new year starts, everything's gonna be peaceful and in order. I'm not being prophetic here, but I'm gonna suggest that next year will be no different than this year unless you surrender your life to the Prince of Peace. 